Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another RSC minicast joining me for a very eclectic episode, Diecast, and the Headmaster Don. Boys, how are you guys doing? Ethan, John. I'm doing excellent. Yeah, Diecast, you are knee-deep actually in building IKEA stuff, uh, the infamous DTOLF display case. So uh, let's dive right in because, look... This is the doldrums of Transformer years. The the summers are kind of dry, so this minicast is going to be very like shotgun and eclectic. You've been building DTOFs, so uh, give us a firsthand uh, account on how that's going. They're really they're not too bad to build if you're just building the straight DTOF, but if you want to put lights in it and you want to do it the right way and run the wires down the back and out out the back side, down at the very bottom. Uh, most of the IKEA uh, light kits come with four lights, which makes it nice because there's four shelves in mm-hmm. that unit. So it takes, it took me about two hours to run the lights and wire tie them to the back rail. That way they go out the back and they're very like, they're not noticeable the wires that they're run. Uh, if if you did it sloppy, you could probably do it really quick. But I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to stuff like that, so I take a little bit of extra time. But it'll be nice. I mean, once it's done, it's gonna look beautiful, and I'm gonna have an awesome display for my living room because that's where these are going, and I have to kind of make it look nice that way. The wife's okay with it. I would imagine so. So basically, I guess if people aren't familiar, basically a detolf is, correct me if I'm wrong, it's um, basically a glass. It's like lit a lit glass case for shelves. Is that right? Uh, it's a lit glass case with glass shelves. Uh, or it's actually not lit. The lighting kit is separate. Mm. Um, so you can get it unlit and just have a glass display case. Mm-hmm where you can buy the lights uh, that end up work really nice with the with the case um, because you have your your four glass sides one is the front glass door and then you have uh, two supporting metal rails that l- run on the inside uh, and that's where the glass shelves sit on so and then you run the wires along the back edge and out the very small hole at the very bottom corner but you have to make sure the plastic connectors that connect the glass uh the corners of the glass make sure they're all the way up at the very top and it gives you just enough room to run two of those little wires and then so you run two on one side two on the other alternate the shelves out the back you have a really nice display so so pretty much if you've seen if you've seen the uh other than the shape of the shelves and everything it sounds like it's very similar to, to what you see fun pub puts the figures in each year there at the entrance to the show yeah uh yeah more or less i mean <clears throat> those are obviously like way wider than a detolf well, it's almost like right. two detolfs right but, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, but it's the same same basic kind of str- layout mm-hmm yeah, yeah, and uh, I guess like anti-dust is a big deal here since it's closed off. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, dust still can get in, but the only space that really allows for dust to get in is on each side of that front door that swings open. It's very minimal, mm. so you're going to get minimal dust uh, in there, if if any at all. I mean, you know, I, I would imagine a little bit might get in there, but 
Not much. And then uh, as soon as I get all three of these DTOFs built, I kind of been posting pictures on Twitter. Um, I'll put because I can't even put any figures in until I get them in the right location and all mm. lit up together. So it's got to be the very last thing I do. I'll put pictures online of it all lit up. So nice. and you can just follow me at Diecast Two, and that'll uh, that'll help for, everything out. Nice for, for fan for fans looking into that Diecast. What's the average cost of a Detolf with and without the lighting kit? Just so if they want something to budget or ask for Christmas for. You know, they they got a better idea of what the cost would be. Yeah, uh, a straight detoff is, I believe, there's seventy dollars, and then the lighting kit. If you want just the standard white lighting, which is what I recommend. I mean, you really don't need color lighting in your detoff. You can have it if you want, but I heard if you get the color lighting, the white isn't as has a little bit of a blue tint to it. So I just went with the straight white lighting, and it was like twenty bucks for the kit per. Detoff, so I spent sixty bucks in lights, and I mean, you're you're on average about a hundred bucks for the whole thing out the door. It's not too bad, uh, considering like <clears throat> the the grade of display we're talking about. Hey, Don, mm. um, do you have any like displays in your apartment, or do you just have Grand Maxes like everywhere? And <laughs> now I've I've got stuff in boxes, stuff piled on a dresser. Uh, mostly, I've got those standard. Uh, Walmart $25 bookcases mm-hmm. with just stuff sitting in them. N- nothing really grand or elaborate. Um, if, if I actually took the time and once I get every, once I get everything parsed down and I keep like my top 500 things, if I ever get to that point, uh-huh. you know, then I'll look at, you know, cases and stuff like that. But How are you just, ever going to narrow it down to 500? God help me. I don't know. That's going to be that's like 10% of your collection. Yeah, it is. It is. Man, so I can't I, wait I, to find to finally see your apartment one day. I just uh, Yeah, it's 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 a thing. It's, it's a, a thing. thing. It's a toy museum is what it is. Yeah. It is, for sure. Um just, just think Sanford and Son but with toys. That's fine. Um so guys, let me jump over to a, a different topic randomly. Um I I did a really long, really long minicast with xv on devastator and i actually don't know if i if i really caught your opinions on devastator on the big show on the big rfc show so uh i guess let's start with you kind of what are your thoughts on on devastator now that you've probably had him for a few weeks at this point i like it um i think it's pretty good for the restraints that the designer had i read that article about uh the guy who designed it and something that I didn't know, which was interesting, he's the designer that kept talking about trying to do like a masterpiece devastator. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said in the interview, which is disappointing, that he knew this might be the, the closest chance he got to do a masterpiece size devastator. And that's kind of what he was going for in this size class. Even though it's not the parts count of a masterpiece, it's at least the size of what he envisioned a masterpiece devastator to be. That was interesting. And I think even like XB had kind of like before that interview came out, had pondered like that's a possibility. Just knowing that this guy's worked on masterpiece two to some degree. Um, Don, what are your thoughts on, uh, on devastator? Actually, I agree with diecast, uh, for the Hasbro budgeting limitations 
their horrible crippling fear of paint and you know how the box is usually 30 percent of the cost i think devastator turned out really really well for a mass market toy with the figures being that big um i am i am getting the takara version because i do want the the better paint job and the weapons uh, and you know the elbows is it, like I said before. I grew up with I grew up with Transformers when elbows was a luxury. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. But 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 I think from a display option, having the Takara having the Takara Constructicons separately on display with their weapons and having the Hasbro version combined behind them would be a really nice uh, way to look at both figures in both modes. That'd be a very nice way to stuff a Detolf, correct? <laughs> oh yeah, or an, or an or an empty plastic shelf, or an empty plastic shelf. Hey, um, jumping over to another topic that I would want to get you guys to kind of chime in on. Finally, the uh, the club store opened up orders. I guess they're orders; they're not pre-orders. I can't tell really for the um, the crossover exclusives with GI Joe uh, collectors. The Marissa Fairborn and Afterburner, and then the Old Snake and the Bats that are Prime Soundwave. What do you guys think of just conceptually that kind of like crossover? And would you want to see more of that diecast? What do you think? I love the idea. I love the products. I don't love the price because mm. I'm looking at the the old snake and the bat set and the bats look really nice they did a really nice job on them mm-hmm. but it's 75 bucks for two bats and the old snake and i'm thinking you know those honestly are you know 15 dollars each add a little extra paint put them up to 20 bucks the old snakes probably at most 15 so there you have a good you know 55 bucks i, I guess it's not too far away from it's from def- the actual price, but it's just, I wish Hasbro would do it. Mm-hmm. I wish Hasbro would do a line of crossover figures like this and put them in retail stores so they weren't so expensive. Mm. Don, what do you think? Well, uh, as as much as I love the humans in Transformers, and I, I do kind of would like that Marissa figure if she was in, say, a set of human figures without the trans you know just humans from gi joe in their own set i mean humans from transformers joe bodies in their own set uh i like the old snake and the bats but like die cast I, I really don't want the 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 bats are nice but i would i think i would have rather have seen a troop builder set of bats like three of them in a set for say 50 to 55 with the repaints and everything and then the old snake being the only human set that we're getting next year uh, I do want these to do well so we can get all four of the only human figures. Uh, you know, we've seen Magnus and RC, mm-hmm. and there's still Springer and Rodimus to go. I, I do want to get those, and I would like the old snake figure, but the bats really don't help me help make the price up. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely like on the high side of affordability. I want to say, yeah, when you combine them, it's. It's not. I mean, it's not like it's two hundred dollars, but I mean, it, it's uncomfortably yeah. close to well, uh, two hundred dollars. Actually, well, it is actually over two hundred dollars if you look at some other online retailers have these up. Oh set. yes, right. Yeah, so it's like uh, I looked at it earlier at one online store, and mm-hmm. one is about twenty five dollars higher. The other is about 
forty dollars higher almost. Whoa. So yeah, so it's again if you're, if you're not a club member, it might be easier going that way. With if you mm-hmm. didn't want to be a club member, uh, sorry, Massey just knocked over Devastator. Uh, yeah, Massey did. Massey devastated Devastator. Yeah. Nice. Well. I, cl- I closed Massey's window to uh, turn on the air conditioning, so of course I'm now a terrible, terrible pet parent. <laughs> um, so one thing that I do want to kind of sink our teeth into and talk a little bit at length about is Masterpiece Ironhide. I'm going to admit that I was a defender. I was an apologist for Masterpiece Ironhide when the f- pictures first broke. And I think that was like... Was that BotCon weekend or yeah, like right before? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was it BotCon. Was, it was it was it was the one. It was the Wonderfest. Mm, that's on right. Friday. That's right. So when so when those pictures first broke, and there was all this venom towards uh, masterpiece Ironhide, I'm going to admit that I was kind of I was kind of defending defending him because I didn't see I didn't see quite why people were hating on him so much. Now subsequently. The more pictures we've gotten, I'm kind of coming around to that line of thinking. Um, he's he's weird. He's really weird. Um, let me ask you guys: one, uh, do you think do you think the fans' reaction is fair? And two, I'll, I'll ask this too: Does this make you nervous that it is possible for them to quote unquote like mess up in the post like MP10 world yeah, that they can? mess up a character so basically what i'm saying is like should we all assume that jazz is going to be perfect one day or is there a possibility that they could mess him up like they have apparently kind of messed up ironhide so diecast what do you think of ironhide and, and does he make you nervous for the future there was a lot of people in the beginning who said they would stay away from our ironhide because it would be a very difficult figure to do and it looks like they've been proven right <laughs> Um, but I also hope, and I do think the fans should criticize it if they don't like it, and they should, you know, speak up about things they don't like, because they did that with Magnus and Masterpiece Magnus, and it seemed to work because they added some paint on the inside of the legs because they were red instead of blue. Um, you know, it looks like the arms were a little bit further back in the prototype. And I don't know if that changed because of fans' reactions or if that was just, you know, a mistransformation. It looks like it may have been, you know, they tweaked the mold accordingly because of the reactions. And I still kind of hope that they're going to, or I definitely hope that they're going to do that with Ironhide. But I don't know how likely that is. It, You know, every day that goes by, it looks like the figure's further and further along. I think it would be really easy for them to fix my main issue with it, which is how big his waist piece looks and kind of resembles a diaper, as some people have said. I think if they can shrink the look of that waist piece down, the hip skirts don't really bother me. And I also think there might be a way to kind of flip those up. Some people were saying you could flip those to the back, but I don't see that in the photos being an option, especially with the tires back there. I know technically they probably could cover the tires, but it doesn't look like there's enough clearance to me. Uh, But it does look like you'd be able to flip those pieces up uh, underneath like his the side of his chest. So I think that's a possibility. I'm still going to wait till we get like final images of this guy, but... 
Honestly, and and I I don't think I've seen it next to like an MP scaled car mm-hmm. yet to kind of get size because the the third party voodoo figure looks a lot better in my opinion, but the size is off to me. Mm. So I'm not going to be picking that up. I'll definitely pick up the masterpiece Ironhide, even if it's even if they don't fix anything. I'm still going to buy it, give it a chance in hand see the size um but yeah i mean i i think the fans if they don't like something they should say something hmm. don what do you think of uh of ironhide he as a total package he has something of a letdown um uh, i had mentioned a couple of months ago one of my growing concerns is everybody was picking apart figures uh from just the slightest early shots like when we got when we first saw Devastator and the amount of people running to the hilltop saying worst figure ever from that one half of the picture. Uh, but like like Diecast, every every group of pictures I'm seeing, I have concerns for that Ironhide. Um, I'm hoping they fix a lot uh, closer to release. The front that what Diecast was talking about doesn't bother me as bad as the chest looks to be too big for the head or the head could be too small for the body it depends on how you look at it it just as a total silhouette he doesn't look right and i really can't say why other than just the other figures look like they almost stepped off out of the television screen to a degree and you know in your home ironhide just doesn't look right As as a total silhouette he doesn't look right yeah there's something a little bit off he doesn't he's certainly not like the cartoon model i'm not sure what I'm not sure what he is. He's not like he's not the cartoon model, and he's also not the animation model. Yeah, he's yeah he's not he's nothing in particular. Yeah, uh, I've got I have the I have the eye gear of the second releases of the uh, weapon specialist and medical specialist, mm-hmm. and for me those are going to stay my masterpiece level iron hides. They they don't quite scale perfectly with MP10, but they're not bad. Are they too big or too small? What what uh, where are they? They're a hair too small, but really, if you've got them sitting on a shelf in a group shot, it sort of all balances out. Mm-hmm. Hey, Diecast, but, you mentioned the Voodoo ones were off scale a little bit too. So, uh, are they too big or too small? They're too big. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think we saw we saw a picture on RFC, didn't we? Where he was about he was about right up to the chest plates on you know, on M, on MP10. Yeah, he's a good half a bot taller than the cars. Oh wow! So definitely, he's yeah. That's definitely too big. Scale is really is really surprisingly hard. I find with the third party um, companies that it, I guess if you're not if you're not privy to like the exact measurements that Hasbro and Takara have, um, it seems like it's surprisingly hard to hit scale perfectly. A lot of them like just kind of veered off with like com- combiners and things like that to just do like Voyager scale indiv- individual bots, not even try to like hit exactly your classics uh scale or your masterpiece scale they just kind of went off and did their own thing it shouldn't be that hard though because i mean they can you know obviously go out and buy the masterpiece cars or you know mp10 and have a guide or sound wave and have a guide of this is how big a masterpiece is and go back to the you know the animations and i know they weren't always perfect but you can get a general idea 
for how big they should be next to the other masterpieces and design it that way. I mean, if you're doing a masterpiece style figure, that really needs to be what you're what you should be going for. Well, the the downside of that is up until MP10, scale was not something we worried about. You couldn't in Transformers. If you did, literally, you would drive yourself crazy because you've got bump, you've got Volkswagen bumblebees as big as tanks. You know, it's it's just something you didn't have, you couldn't worry about, and a consistent scale since MP10 is still something new enough that they're still creating their own internal bible for. You know, you like you said, you can get all the source material, but taking all that and then putting it into a production environment, you know, it's going to be hit or miss for a while, and every character is going to have them going back to say to the drawing boards and say, okay, we have these figures. How is this guy supposed to scale with? these figures you know i'm hoping we'll see some improvements but we'll just have to wait till those production uh, photos hit i mean but ne- but like now mp10 came out so long ago now there is a standard so mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't want to hear yeah, from third parties that we you know well we didn't know really what standard we were going with there there's a standard now oh there is a standard but every figure you have to take that figure back to zero and say we have all these characters. How is it going to fall in this range of characters against these previous releases? And every character basically is a reset. Now, Ironhide and Ratchet, of course, once they get Ironhide fixed, him and Ratchet were the exact same size, obviously. So the the Ratchet won't be a problem. It's just you're, you're looking at we have these Dotson brothers. We have MP10, you know, and, and then you have to say, how does this new figure fit with those? And they're having to look it all over again on a per character basis. We haven't seen uh, we haven't seen Masterpiece Ironhide next to any other Masterpiece toys, right? Not that I know of. I don't remember any. Hmm. Uh, I guess in your minds, in you guys' uh, imaginations or, or what you expect, should he be somewhere in between Prime and your standard car? Should he be slightly larger than the Datsun Brothers or, or what have you? I would assume slightly larger than the Dotson brothers. He he should he should come up to about Prime's windows, like, and, like the top and, of his head. Yeah, to, you know because he, you know you always see Ironhide looking up at Prime whenever the, whenever they're talking. Well, whenever Peter Cullen is talking to himself, uh, so you know. But so I, in my in my mind, Bratchett and Ironhide should be about about uh, Prime's chest windows, but not much more than that. Hmm. I think this is one where personally, like, I'm a little bit more excited to see Ratchet. Uh, I mean, I, I I I like Ratchet slightly better as a character, but that's not to say I don't like Ironhide. But this is one of those where it's kind of like uh, Tracks and Road Rage for me. That I'm kind of interested in the second iteration of this mold just to see kind of what they do. And and I guess for me, like, I want to see how they make Ratchet interesting visually uh, and not just a block of white, which is pretty much what he's gonna be if they're really true to the cartoon so I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing how he how he represents himself in masterpiece form after Ironhide and Ratchet I can't think of like any other variations on this mold except maybe maybe your random like hyper obscure diaclone color I don't know yep. how far you can take this mold black black Ironhide uh, you can do uh, and then you could do green there was a green Ratchet but I don't remember the source material for the green ratchet. Hmm. But the, they might, that might have been a diaclone, or maybe even an Argentina color, Argentine color as well. I'm not sure. 
Hmm. Interesting. Uh, hey, Diecast, are you going to pick up both versions of this? Are you a completist? I can't remember. Are you a masterpiece completist? Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of am. I don't. I can't think of a masterpiece I've missed. Do you get like, like say you have a masterpiece Thundercracker? I'm assume, I assume. Are you going to get like this new cartoon shaded Thundercracker that's coming out? No, I, I I like the lighter blue color. I really do like it. I I just can't justify the price because you know it's going to be two hundred bucks. Yeah. And when we can get a you know a seeker here in the U.S. for seventy dollars, it's it's more than double the cost. And I just I just can't see doing it. Don, do you do you try to be a completist with masterpiece? I don't know how I I can't remember how committed you are to that line. Uh, I'm I'm fairly committed you know, in a lot of things, and people say I should be committed. Uh, so there's that too. <laughs> but uh, you know, when it kind of, it just for example, the masterpiece Starscream that just recently went up for a, a purchase and sold out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any plans on getting that. I have I have the earlier Walmart version. Granted, it's the old Seeker mold, but I'm just secret out. I really just if I see it in stores, I may get it, but. It and as of right now, Ironhide and Ratchet, just in the in the terms of there's more coming out mm-hmm. that I would rather that I would want other than them, I'm going to pass on them for now unless we get pictures that show something wholly different. Yeah, for some reason, I know they've done it like two or three times at this point, but none of the Seeker masterpiece molds have really clicked with me for some reason. Like I don't I don't love any of them i'm not sure why but that that pre-order for starscream on toys r us sure did sell out in like an hour what was up with that is that is that is that the starscream effect is that the no, masterpiece no, effect it's the, it's the five it's the limit of five per person flip effect mm. yeah i think it was the scalper effect and a little bit of i mean people are gonna pay sixty dollars for a masterpiece starscream it was a very good price. Mm-hmm. Probably a mistake. Because, uh, you know, the Seekers are usually, what, 79 when they get in the store? So yeah. I think it had the same thing that Grimlock kind of did, where mm-hmm. they had the old Masterpiece skew and the old Masterpiece price, and they listed it at that. Mm-hmm. By the time it gets to the store, it's going to be $70, $80 easy. Yeah. And you know, and then we might hear about a round of cancellations and refunds and so forth and so. You know, like usually what happens with Toys R Us, uh, which is another reason that you know that chain's having issues with their exclusives. Oh, they'll uh, they'll just they'll kind of acknowledge their mistake. They won't acknowledge their mistake, but they'll they'll just negate everybody's pre-order and start over. Yeah, or or as we talked about on RFC. They'll take something popular and then price it out of any realm of affordability. Granted, and I'm, I'm talking about Devastator going from 149 to 169 over the course of two weeks. And when you're spending that much, $20 doesn't seem like much. But it's still the simple fact is there's wanting to make more money, and then, then there's pricing yourself out of out of people buying it when they can go online for, you know, say www.tfradio.net forward slash Amazon. And you know, getting it off Amazon for one forty nine and free shipping mm-hmm. for sure. Hey, just before before we end, just something I wanted to throw in, kind of on the last point. Uh, sure. You know, the price is going up, and what we talked about with the uh, with the collector stuff, the 
G.I. Joe Transformers crossovers, mm-hmm. one of the reasons it's har- it's getting harder and harder for me to justify the price on that stuff, the Collector's Club stuff, is it used to be we had the Hasbro stuff, and then we had this Collector's Club stuff, which was limited, or at least I thought it was, it was more limited, it was a special, may had a little bit more paint, something that wasn't going to be in retail stores. Some of that's still true today. But now we have so much third-party stuff that I want to get. Mm-hmm. When I'm looking at, you know, the the bat set and the old snake set, which is seventy five dollars, and I'm looking at, you know, a not masterpiece figure, which is a hundred five dollars or a hundred dollars for, like, say, fans toys Tesla. That's when my decision really becomes harder and leans more towards third party. And like, I'm not going to get this this club thing i mean it's nice but i mean i just can't justify that when i can get a third party masterpiece figure that i really want for a hundred dollars well you know it's it's like uh, i saw uh, i'm not sure uh, well diecast were you planning on reviewing the visualizers uh have you have you got that lined up in your queue oh no they're they're the make toys ones no i'm waiting for the i'm waiting for the uh fans toys Okay. A reason I'm wondering is I did see a review today on the visualizers, and uh, they're right now at one store for 145 as a pre-order. And you know, even if I had planned on getting the old snake and bat set, that's over half of what the visualizers are. And the visualizers is something very unique in getting a masterpiece style reflector. So again, you know, it's like you were saying about balancing out what you're spending for a two two prime sound waves and a GI Joe figure versus something we'll, we probably won't see Hasbro do for a very long time, and that's that's a master, that's that's a reflector figure. Yeah, it's way more competitive these days for your dollar. It, it, not even like counting third party stuff. If you look at like the price difference between Hasbro and Takara stuff now, like mainstream stuff. It's not even like nearly as big as it used to be. Like Takara Devastator is what just over two hundred bucks. That's not a huge leap compared to the U.S. Devastator. And then Deluxes are the same story. Like there are some retailers here that charge near twenty dollars for a Deluxe here, like domestically. When uh, you know for thirty bucks you can get uh, the Takara version, Generations version, Adventure. Transformers Adventure version of the same deluxe, and it probably has double the paint amps and you know nicer packaging and all that stuff. So it's pretty difficult to budget stuff and kind of like give give Hasbro or the Collectors Club your your dollars just kind of up front. It's it's really hard to budget all that out. So for um, for Diecast and Don, I think that is a good time to close the show, guys. As always, uh, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yes, and, yeah, thank you. And before we go, I want to remind everybody who's listening that this show, just like every show on the TF Radio Network, is sponsored by you. That is, if you go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link, and do your shopping. You don't have to buy anything extra or anything different, but uh, if you do go to tfradio.net slash Amazon, do your shopping. Some nickels and dimes go into Brian Kilby's pocket when you check out. And that keeps the podcast flowing, keeps the lights on, it keeps us happy. And of course, we wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you, the fine listeners. So your support is much appreciated. So 
Until next time, this is John DeLuna. We'll see you on the next RC Minicast. Music provided by bensound.com.